0: Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting Radio, your one stop for creative inspiration. We have a terrific hour of ideas and tips for you today, so let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan.
1: Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. I'm your host, Pat Sloan. So, I belong to a very large guild in Northern Virginia. It's large because it's multiple chapters. So, it's like, I don't know, 12 chapters. And the thing that, um, you know, about this guild is being that it's large, it also has a lot of very, very talented uh, quilters in it. Um, They do all kinds of work. And when a book came across my desk, I'm like, you know, that name looks familiar. And it is because Cindy Grisdella is um, part of my guild, but she also runs our internet newsletter, so we see her name all the time. Cindy, I'm so happy to
2: talk to you today. Thank you so much for having me, Pat.
1: You know, I um there's so many people in our guild that I didn't re- I don't really know your work that well. So this was pretty exciting um to see the type of of quilts that you do. Uh, how long have you been in the in the Quilters Unlimited?
2: Oh, I have been a member for a very long time. Probably <laughs> uh 20 years or so. um i'm i'm uh i'm i'm less active now than i used to be because of um the book and other commitments but um it's still something that's very near and dear to my heart
1: well that's the same with me you know and and we're probably in different chapters and because they meet at different times and places we never sort of connected officially um uh, so what type tell me what type of quotes you you like to make now
2: Oh, I am really excited about doing um, improvisational quilting uh, where there's no rules and there's no pattern and you just get to, uh, you know, sort of make your, your units and, and, and play with them on your design wall.
1: When did you first start experimenting like that? Did, it, did something kick that off?
2: Oh, um, I've been, you know, I, I love um, looking at what other people are doing, and I'm sure I was probably inspired by um, other people. Gwen Marston comes to mind. You know, she's mm-hmm. been doing this sort of liberated quilting for a long time, and I remember mm-hmm. looking at her books and just being very excited about that idea.
1: You know, one of the things that you are known for um, for your work is your free motion quilting Uh You know, that's that's sort of the signature thing about your your quilts. Um, What, you know, did you, you like, take to to machine quilting right away when you started quilting? Oh, absolutely
2: not. I started (laughs) out as a traditional hand quilter. Really? And I hand quilted and the whole nine yards. And um, I was terrified of free motion quilting for a long, long time. Um, so I, you know, I, I finally have made peace with my sewing machine, but I do understand that a lot of quilters, um, are, you know, uncertain about free motion quilting. And I have some tips and suggestions in the book that, um, will make it easier to get started or to get better at it. If you, you know, if you have already given it a try.
1: Now, the name of the book is um, Artful uh, Improv, uh, so there is a lot about this, this sort of improvisational work because your sub, your sort of tagline is explore color recipes, building blocks, free motion quilting, so you've got that whole package of items in here. What, um, tell me like the, the sort of outline of the book, what kind, what, how are people going to use it?
2: Well, I start out with the idea that, you know, I'm I'm really um sure that everybody has the ability to be creative. So I kind of start out with that idea. I mm-hmm. feel like that you need to just give yourself permission to play. Um, there's no you know no tension about it. Um, I talk about how to organize your scraps so that you can be um, effective with using your fabric um, how to choose color and use that in your in your quilting um, I give um, Uh, people interested in five different techniques that I use in my improvisational quilting that you can use to, um, you know, to get yourself started in this this sort of technique. And then I talk Mm -hmm. about um, the free motion quilting, um, also a little hand quilting because, you know, lots of people still like to do that, and Mm -hmm. then um, ideas for finishing your quilts that are a little bit different than the traditional, you know, just binding and sleeve Right, because several of your quilts have like no binding. They're 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 faced, you know, like mm-hmm. you would uh, do in garment making. I started out as a garment maker when I was a teenager, and mm. um, um, it gives it a little bit of a more uh, finished um, look for the wall, in my opinion, um, mm-hmm. especially when you're trying to present your work as art rather than something that's going to go on the bed.
1: Right, it it is a really interesting. I can remember years ago, Cindy, when I first saw that done, I was fascinated. I was like, "How they do that?" That was, <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: it, you know, because I didn't learn that in beginning quilting class. They didn't teach us that part. It was binding. <laughs> um, so what, I wanted to just talk about let's talk about like one element of the book because I think this is a really neat way you're presenting it. It's the it's the group of. The section called Elements of Principles of Design, um, uh-huh. because you have small pieces and you're walking through um, sort of the balance and the shape. And you have different colors. Tell me a little bit about this.
2: Well, I think that you know a lot of people think about improv as something that's just sort of you know you're throwing everything you know everything on the wall and seeing what sticks. Mm-hmm. And my uh, my idea about improv is a little bit different. I want to um, think about it as art when went from the very beginning and so I talk about the elements of design that artists you know painters and um, and and sculptors and other kinds of, of artists use like line shape color um, texture all those things that you know that those elements that you use to create your composition and mm-hmm. then after your composition is created you want to look at it critically and, and think about whether, you know, your the, the design has a, a, a balance to it. Have you repeated elements? Do you have something that sticks out like a sore thumb and maybe you need mm-hmm. to um add another you know, another um element like that? Um is it is it interesting? I mean, that's kind mm-hmm. of a key question. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what I'm curious about, because you also teach um is how, when when you have somebody who's not worked like this, you know, they've worked from a pattern or traditional patchwork or traditional applique, and they're exploring this for the very first time, pretty much, um, you know, they don't know how to figure out if it looks good. How do you tell them?
2: Well, um, that's a very good question, and I do, um, I do, I have taught quite a few uh, people who are even beginner quilters have never done mm. any kind of patchwork before. Mm-hmm. And mostly it's, um, you know, it's it's just a process. You need to put your, you know, create your elements. Think about what elements you want to, to use, like um, improv blocks, which are, are a lot like log cabins, but not so controlled or, Uh um, curved pieces and you, you make your units and then you put them up on a design wall and, and, and play with them. And you ask yourself, what if, what if I, what if I do this? What if I change this? What if I add a different color? And I bring in lots of examples to show people how I have done it in my own work. And I Uh also bring in, um, you know, pieces that are in process and i go through the whole what if um scenario with these with these pieces that i have worked on myself oh that's a really good way
1: because it's it's hard sometimes when you've not done it all it's a whole new way of thinking so if you can see it step by step this is what you take out this is what you put in and how you changed it um and your book has a
2: little bit of that right it does, yes, there's a whole section that you know that I go through and, and walk walk the reader through the process of of asking what if on a quilt that I you know that I was working on uh, myself and uh, and some people tell me that, that they feel like that that's one of the more helpful um, parts of the book because it it gives questions to ask yourself as you're as you're working on your on your piece
1: you know a lot of people also like to use pattern fabric who um, work in patchwork now or, you know, applique. They use, you know, but a lot of times this type of work is done in more tonals and solids. Uh, How do you approach what you use in your quilts?
2: Well that's a, that's another good question. I have um in recent years I've moved almost entirely into solids because mm-hmm. I like sort of the painterly quality of it and I like that my um free motion stitching shows up. But um as I've been teaching and um you know, seeing what people are doing, I am experimenting with bringing patterned fabrics back into into my work as well, because it, it, this process works whether you're using solid fabrics or batiks or you know commercial cottons. Uh, it really it really is very, a very forgiving uh, process.
1: Yeah, and and I like that in the book you you have a variety of styles of fabric so that people can really relate to something that they already own so they can look at what they already have. Um, good job on that.
2: <laughs> right, and I, I encourage that. I, I really, you know, I am I am all about you know it's what what the, the 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 quilter wants to make and you know using using the the fabrics and, and materials that that they have on hand.
1: So I have a fun question for you since we're talking fabric right now. Um what color do you have least of in
2: your in your collection? Oh, that is a fun question. I love all the colors. Um <laughs> But if you, if I had to pick, I would say that probably the one that I have the least in my collection is pastel pink. Not because I have anything against pastel pink, but right. um, it's just not something that I have a, a, a wide variety of. <laughs> yeah.
1: So would you ever challenge yourself, Cindy, to go like, okay, I need to get some more and in, incorporate it, or is that not your how your brain works?
2: Oh, absolutely! I think that's a great thing to do. I, you know, I I was in a, involved in a challenge uh, not too long ago where. Where you were asked to uh, to create a quilt in a certain size using only neutrals, mm. and um, I'm not a real big uh, neutral person, but um, I was. It was fun. I, you know, I I gave it a shot, and um, I do that all the time. I think it's wonderful to challenge yourself to use a color that you know that 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 might not be your favorite. Sometimes you'd be surprised at how wonderful it comes out.
1: You know, Cindy, this has been so much fun. Um, everybody can visit you at Cindy Grisdella, dot com, and find out where you're teaching, right? That's right, absolutely. It's on her sidebar, and she might be able to come and teach you. Thank you, Cindy. Thanks, Pat. This is American Patchwork and Quilting's uh, talk show. We are going to take a break, but first I want to tell you to go out to the Moto um, blog and take a look at what's going on out there this week because they always have a lot of fun projects. And uh, be sure that you're checking out APQ. We'll be right back.
2: Choose from more than 100 of your favorite patterns from American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilts and More, and Quilt Sampler, all available online. Buy downloadable patterns today at apqshop.com.
0: Join the One Million Pillowcase Challenge in March for the Ultimate Pillowcase Competition. Gather a team and compete in one of two categories during the month of March to make pillowcases, earn points, and maybe be crowned the Ultimate Pillowcase Champion. The top three teams in each category will be awarded cash prizes. Even if you're not forming a team, you can watch all the action with weekly voting and daily prizes. Visit allpeoplequilt.com backslash pillowcase madness for more information.
4: Quilt Along with us in 2017. Join our fourth annual Quilt Along by stitching a wall hanging, a throw, or a one block table topper, or all three projects. Visit allpeoplequilt.com backslash quiltalong for a list of participating bloggers and designers and to see photos of what staff members and other readers are sewing. Share your photos on social media by using the hashtag APQQuiltAlong to join the fun.
3: Follow American Patchwork and Quilting on Pinterest. To find ideas for bags, baby projects, pillowcases, storage and organization, and more, visit pinterest.com backslash apqmagazine to join the fun. Welcome back to American
1: Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. I'm your host, Pat Sloan. You know, out at Kelby Sows, you're going to find all kinds of techniques and tutorials by Kelly Bowser, and she is really talented at explaining how to do things. I think that she has a, a wonderful way of of sharing. So,
5: <laughs> hey, <laughs> Kelly, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. That's, that's very nice. I... I Laura, I taught myself to sew through looking at other people's tutorials and blogs, so I try to be very conscientious when I post a tutorial, like <laughs> make well, sure everyone are... understands what's going on. <laughs> you
1: do a really good job. Um, you know, that's not something everybody naturally figures out, so you must be a, a – a nat- yeah, did you ever teach? Were you a
5: teacher? No, I'm, I'm actually an attorney. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think we share that in common. I think actually that you, you have a computer science degree or
2: something yes. along those yes.
5: so something totally not necessarily quilt-related. Um, right. But I was used to like writing in extreme detail and having to um, take a case very step-by-step. Step. And so um, when I started learning how to sew, and like I said, I taught myself through other people's tutorials, I would be like, well why did they show that step or, you know, how did they get to that point? And so when I make one, I really try to be um, very deliberate in what I show and explain why we're doing it a certain way and things like that. So.
1: You know, I think that that's – it's actually not as uh, – it doesn't sound as unusual to me because anytime you have to do things step-by-step, step, it's like a recipe or anything else. If you leave a step out, people get darn confused. So Right, exactly,
5: exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I try to be very, very detail-oriented. It also cuts down on the amount of um, questions I get back or comments, yeah. <laughs> negative comments. If I'm extremely detailed in the <laughs> tutorial, then I don't get, you know – people who are upset because their project didn't come out the same way.
1: (laughs) You know, when did um, you decide that you would actually start, you know, writing a blog and documenting and then sharing and teaching online?
5: Um, So, This was a while ago. I started blogging um, pretty soon after I started sewing, um, Mm -hmm. roughly like six months later. Um, I think everyone I knew at the time had a blog, and this was before Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, So this was just sort of um, I was meeting people online through Flickr, and and everyone had a blog. I was like, why don't you have a blog? Why don't you have a blog? And I was like, okay, I don't know if anybody wants to see what I have to say, but sure. (laughs) Um, so, I started my blog then it's it's not as active now. I try to save my blog post now for when I have something like really good like a tutorial or a new pattern or something more exciting to share so I'm not daily blogging like I was in the beginning but and are you writing on your Instagram every day then? Instagram is pretty daily for me that's it's almost become like a mini blog um, and I instagram everything like my life, my vacations, my sewing, <laughs> and it kind of ebbs and flows with what the content is um But I want people to, like, really know me and feel me as a person. I have friends that have beautiful curated Instagram feeds and, like, it's all these beautiful photographs and it's all all having to do with, you know, one thing. And I just can't do that. I just – I document everything. Like, oh, my my dog's making a cute face. Let's share that. (laughs) Um, But I hope that that lets people get more of a true sense of who I am as a person and I'm real and, you know – Life's messy. My work is messy. My sewing room is often messy, <laughs> and I, you know, try to document that and share that with everyone.
1: I think that's the fun part of of Instagram too. That um, right. you know, the beautiful ones are gorgeous, but the fun ones, you know, I mean, it's nice to have have everything right. going on. I want um, people know that
5: that you're real and you're honest, and that you know, your work doesn't always look great, and you know, you make <laughs> mistakes too. And everyone wants to feel like that. No one wants to feel like Superior to <laughs> someone else. So, you know, I wanted to, to talk to you a little
1: bit about like the online communities because mm-hmm. some people are, you know, Instagram is still actually I'm fa- fairly new. You know, there's still a lot right. of people who are just on uh, Facebook, um, you know, or they might just pick one. So, what kind of, how do you find? other quilters on Instagram if it's new for you because you run swaps, you have been in swaps. Right. I mean yeah, swaps, um like you know, um sew alongs. Maybe you do swaps mm-hmm. too, I forget.
5: Yeah, I do. I do I'm actually running my light in there right now. <laughs> okay. So um, how do you how do you suggest people find these things you know it depends on if you're completely new to social media or if you have social media in another form like maybe you're you're more on facebook and you Mm -hmm. get your social media that way but find people that you like on facebook and most everybody has multiple accounts they have an instagram account and they have a facebook account um and there's a great feature on instagram where you can go once you kind of start following the people that you like or admire their work whether it's you know, if you really like a certain pattern writer or whatever, find them. I bet you they're on Instagram and follow mm-hmm. them. And then there's a great feature on Instagram where, in your, you can see in like your um, feed, you can click on following, and it tells you what people you follow, what pictures mm-hmm. they liked, and what pictures they commented on. And that's a fantastic way to find new people because I'm I'm forever finding new people mm-hmm. um, that way. I just kind of click over. Um, and in my little news feed, it'll show me um, what my friends and the people that I admire, what work are they admiring? And that's a great way to find new um, new inspiration and new friends.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, and and how does uh, sort of on, you know, I also did Flickr a long time ago, and I, mm-hmm. I loved that environment, and and Instagram is not Flickr, and it's not Facebook. No. It's 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 its own, you know, thing. You know, how do you um, get involved in in a in a round robin or a so along or a swap?
5: Um, that's a, with other that's people? so hard for me because honestly, it's like the more people you follow, the more likely you're going to hear about <laughs> those kind of things. There's not like a hard fast rule, and I mm-hmm. just had I just started um, a swap. Recently, And I only left it open for, like, a day for people to join. And then I had so many people, like, a couple of days later going, I missed this and hadn't seen this post, and I wish I would have joined. And I'm like, I'm sorry. It's, yeah. You know, it's it's tough. Even if you're following someone, you're not guaranteed to always see their post because Instagram does that whole You know,
1: filtering thing,
5: filtering thing, and showing you popular things versus just showing you. It used to be it showed you everything in time Mm -hmm. order, which was nice, and you would never miss anybody's post, and um, and that was great. But now it's all you know their analytic thing and it makes yeah. it a little bit more challenging. So I don't really have like a, a great answer for that other than, you know, follow the people you love and, mm-hmm. you know, log on every day and see what they're doing. I mean, um, there's, it, you know, just, just join in, just try. Um, and a lot of the friends that I made through in, through my initial Flickr swaps or people that I met through mm-hmm. doing, like swapping on Flickr and admiring their work are honestly my closest friends now, which is so weird that, that it's lasted that that relationship <laughs> has lasted that long. Like once you make those connections with people, um they they really hold true over time, which is so sweet and lovely.
1: <laughs> it really is. I totally I totally understand that because I have the same thing. I have people that I have been friends with online and I've met them in person even, you know, yeah. so that so uh <laughs>
5: It's been really, really. good. you get good. the weird looks from like the people that that you're that that are in your? I hate to say real life, but that are in yeah. your everyday life, and then when you're talking about another friend, like oh, my online friend, and you get the like the side eye or the <laughs> or the strange look, like online friend, like yeah. what chat room have you been in, Kelly?
1: I know. Well, I came from the land of geeks, so you know anything <laughs> I say is people have already gotten used to all that quirky stuff, so. Twenty years in computers did that to me i'm already I was already odd before I started oh
5: uh, well lucky you i got I got a lot of I got a lot of weirdness um from some people or when I had a friend come to visit me for the a friend from online came to visit me mm-hmm. um in person and like her husband was like googling my address to make sure it was like a real address so that there was a picture of oh. a house and that he knew where she was. <laughs> I was a crazy person. Oh,
1: I know they don't get it and and we all sew and quilt that we you know it's good. it's all good
5: Surprise, uh, we're good
1: so um, so tell me, I want to get another tip in Kelly um before we we wrap it up because this always goes so fast. Give me a zipper tip because you like to work with zippers and and you have a lot of tutorials and some I do zippers.
5: it's so funny, I make quilts mostly, but then I end up giving a lot of tips and stuff on bags <laughs> and zippers, and one that I kind of actually. Stumbled upon myself really recently was when I sew, when I get when I'm sewing attaching the zipper on when I get to where the zipper pull is I stop mm-hmm. and then I lift my foot up and then I continue and then I um, unzip the zipper so mm-hmm. the zipper pull is no longer in the way and then I put, put my foot back down and then I continue sewing along there and I was like when I when I first did it the first time it was with a metal zipper and of course it was giving me trouble and so I was like oh why oh. haven't I I've been doing this the whole time, it would have made my line so much straighter if I would have just moved the zipper pull out of the way. So it's just simple little things like that that you always learning with, with quilting and sewing. There's always always things to learn.
1: There's always things to learn. So what is your specialty for quilts? I have like about um minute and a half.
5: Oh, Pretty much specialty for quilts, I love doing anything like rainbow and ombre. And um, I recently did, I have a show on QNNTV.com, and it's called Quilt Remix. And I had to do these remix versions of these traditional quilts. And it was so hard for me not to make every single one rainbow. I mean, it was was a real, real struggle. I did one. I did the very first one. I was like, I did one rainbow. But it's my inclination to always put things in rainbow order. All my crayons as a child were in rainbow order color order I just I can't get away from the rainbows
1: <laughs> that cracks me up you know that's a it's it's sort of your signature then the rainbows, right
5: yeah pretty much Honor Maria, Honor Maria Horner is like my favorite designer and rainbows and when I combine the two I do have several <gasps> several quilts that are rainbowed Honor Maria Horner like I just I can't stop I love it it's just it's my thing <laughs>
1: Well, everybody can go to your website to see your quilts um, at uh, KelbySews.com and then find you on Instagram under the same Kelby right? Kelby correct. Yes. Well, this has been so much fun. I loved – learning about your background and i'm definitely gonna i'm gonna watch for one of your swaps you never know i might join in one day (laughs) i
5: know i sort of randomly randomly decide to do them when i'm not busy doing work stuff i'm like oh let's do a swap (laughs) there you go well
1: thanks kelly thank you pat have a nice day you too we'll be right back
3: Boost your sewing skills from start to finish with daily tips from the editors of American Patchwork and Quilting. Visit tips.allpeoplequilt.com for inspiration. This quilting tip brought to you by Moda Fabrics. Visit modafabrics.com or your local quilt shop to see the latest fabric collections. Three-ring binders are the perfect storage method for fabric panels. Simply fold each panel into a page protector and insert into the binder. They're easy to view and keep the panels easily accessible. Get two full years of American Patchwork and Quilting delivered right to your door for the price of one. That's a full year free. Every issue is packed with never-before-seen projects from top designers, detailed photography, complete materials lists, and easy-to-use pull-out patterns and quilting diagrams. Subscribe today at allpeoplequilt.com.
2: Take an ultimate shop-hop tour of 11 top quilt shops. You'll find them all in the current issue of Quilt Sampler, available now at your local quilt shop or on newsstands.
1: Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show, and we get to talk to Darlene Zimmerman. Yay! Darlene is a fabric designer for Robert Kaufman. She is an author, and she's a uh, pattern designer. She does lots of work for American Patchwork and Quilting uh, Magazine, Family Magazines. So, Darlene, I'm so glad I caught up with you. Well, it's nice to talk to you again, Kat. You know, Darlene, I think every time I invite you on the show, you're on vacation. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I
4: think you've gone a lot. Huh?
1: Well, it's so funny because you've been on a couple times, and it's like the last time you were also, you're like, oh, I'm on vacation. I'll, I'll write you when I get back.
3: It's like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So uh, so that's, you deserve vacations. You are a hard worker, my friend. Well, thank you. So let's talk about the project um that's that's in uh you know that's called hummingbird nine patch. I want to talk a little bit about nine patches. Why are they so like timeless?
4: Well they're fun to do. They're a great alternate block between another piece block because you can get the illusion of um of a chain running through your quilt. Um, to they're really fun to make. You can make them scrappy. You can make them one or two color. You can do so many different things with them. And it's easy to change the size as well. Yeah,
1: I think people sometimes, you know, they do it early on and then they're like, okay, been there. But um, really, I like to come back to those traditional blocks. Is that how you feel?
4: Exactly. Because you can experiment and try new things with them, different color combinations, different fabrics, and they look brand new.
1: Yeah, and and just changing up the fabric, you can can actually play with fabric instead of worrying about the quilt block. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I'm wondering, like you personally, like what are you – Um, playing around with right now in the land of Darlene? What's in your studio?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do have lots of fabric, and I'm loving to play with scrap quilts, and I'm experimenting with um, two-color scrap quilts, which is a little Uh. strange, but imagine all kinds of reds combined with all kinds of whites and creams. And mm-hmm. you get so much depth and interest, and it's a lot more fun to work on than if you just pick a solid red and a solid white.
1: Right. I like patterned fabric. I tend to really lean that way. Do you, do you work with um, solids much, I mean, over time?
4: Not that much. Um, I like to use them with my 30s fabrics as an accent because... The 30s prints all tend to be kind of small scale and Mm -hmm. multicolored. And if you put a solid width, the solid really pops. Mm -hmm. And it's a nice way to highlight a particular item in your quilt or just to separate the quilt from the border.
1: Yeah, there, you know, when I did my first quilt, Darlene, the. I, they were helping me pick fabric, and they said, You really should. I had all these prints, and they're like, You really should mm-hmm. put a solid in there. And
4: I was like, I thought, Why? I was. <laughs> <laughs> but it gives your eye a place to rest, and it can be the outstanding part of your quilt.
1: That is so true because that quilt actually needed that. It needed the solid. I didn't understand it then, but, um, your eye does need rest with some projects. It just, it's helpful. Mm-hmm. So I want to, I want to change gears. I want to ask you a little bit about travel. You know, I kind of opened up with that sort of tongue in cheek, but really you, um, you know, <laughs> you know, it's teasing you. Uh, so, uh, but you were on travel. And so uh, what, what I want to know is when you when you travel, Darlene, how does that – how do you absorb where you are and bring that back? Do, do you bring it back to your work? I mean, not everybody does. Some people go and they just don't think work at all. But what happens with you when you travel and then later when you come back?
4: Oh, it's always interesting to see other cultures and how they see color and how they combine color. Um, I haven't found much interesting quilting fabric in my travels abroad, but you certainly see design everywhere, whether it's on a cathedral tile floor, whether it's tiles in Morocco, whether it's um, Native costumes and how they decorate their own clothing. Everything is inspiring.
1: Do you ever like take sketches? You know, or is that sort of you just take photographs? Is there anything you do to sort of, to document something you might see?
4: Oh yes, I take a lot of pictures so I can remember it. And um <laughs> and my husband complains, Well, that's not really a tourist picture. <laughs> no no, but it's interesting. Look at this cool quilt block on the floor.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: So, you have to edit those pictures before he gets to them. You got to go through there and
4: <laughs> get out the yes, cult pictures save those. <laughs> yeah
1: now you you told me you were just down um uh traveling in bolivia and and peru what um what struck yeah what struck you about the area like as far as you, you know just design wise
4: oh I'm just amazed at the creativity of the people. Um, there are people who haven't had any formal training in weaving or embroidery or knitting, but yet they create these beautiful patterns and they remember them, which I find so amazing. Um, what, what does that mean, they, they
1: remember them? Like they don't, have, they don't have any pattern to follow?
4: No, they have no pattern to follow and they create it as they go along. And they can also duplicate it. I just find that so interesting they can work without a pattern, but yet they are using traditional symbols, Uh, might be religious, it might be cultural symbols, Um, and they incorporate things they see in nature as well. They can tell you, well, this is this plant and, and that leaf comes from this plant. So they're really taking from their environment and putting it into their artwork.
1: So when you're on travel like that and you see an artisan working or just somebody working, do you, um, do you go up and talk to them?
4: Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And if possible, I like to try what they're doing or oh. watch closely so I can understand how they create um, their particular art.
1: What's one of the fun things you've
4: tried? Rug um, Rug weaving. Mm-hmm. Or weaving in general, um, mm-hmm. the knitting looks way too complicated for me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I love the embroidery. I recently saw uh, women doing embroidery with a crochet hook. Oh, and a fine yarn. But they were doing embroidery stitch. Oh goodness,
1: how does that work? Yes. Did they have like an open weave canvas?
4: Yes, they had an open weave fabric, and they would pull the uh, yarn through the holes in the, in the fabric and make like a chain stitch. Uh,
1: that is fascinating. Holy cow. Um, <laughs> did did, did you, I've never seen that. Did you buy a piece?
4: Yes, I did.
1: Oh. Are you going to try it? And it
4: <laughs> yes, I could try it. And I really like buying directly from the artisans. That create the the item, and it's just such a good memory to bring it home. And I'm just amazed at their creativity.
1: Wow, that's my my brain is trying to figure out how they're doing this embroidery with a crochet hook because I mean crochet hooks can be very very tiny. Um, Were they were they tiny? They were quite small, like what
4: you'd use with um, crochet thread
1: hmm yeah, oh, okay, like with crochet thread, yeah, so very, very small, because I actually can crochet, not tremendously well, I do basic stuff, but I, knitting, I'm like you, it's like, oh, no, that would be.
4: <laughs> and they're working with, like, 20 or more different colors all at the same time. It was hmm. totally amazing. Neat, neat. So, um...
1: Since you you know you rarely are going to find quilts in other places. I mean, there are quilts in other places, but not as many as you have around here. I mean, you have um, you're well known for for vintage quilts. Do you have a lot of vintage quilts that you own?
4: <laughs> yes, although yeah. most of them are not finished. <laughs> <laughs> so you know how quilters talk about their UFOs, their unfinished projects. Mm-hmm. Well, I buy. Quilt tops and sets of blocks, so I have a lot of unfinished projects they 're just not mine
1: <laughs> they're just you 've given them a home. is that it
4: <laughs> exactly and I do try and quilt one or two of them a year by hand, mm. like they would have been quilted in their day so that's um my one of my hobbies
1: oh my goodness you're a you're a trooper. Quilt somebody else's quilt. Um, I might be like okay <laughs> let's <laughs> send that out um but they do store you can store more of them if they're not quilted if they're just tops
4: exactly yes. and i have used them for my trunk shows extensively over the years because you could pack so many more quilt tops in a suitcase than you can't finish quilt right
1: yeah that's really nice so when you find a set of of blocks let's say because you know that's even like more ufo-y than a top um if that's a word exactly. i just made that word up um when when <laughs> when you find a set of blocks what is it that you go like i need to have that set
4: uh, usually it's the color or the the fabrics used um they need something to unify them maybe it's color of course the block should all It's probably all the same block, but another unifying factor. Mm -hmm. Or I see the possibilities in putting those together in an interesting way. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I just buy them for the fabric because I like the fabric designs.
1: Yeah, Yeah, because your fabric lines are a vintage feel, a lot of them. Yes. So what is the most current line in the stores, Darlene, that
4: people can find
1: in their shops?
4: Oh, gosh, (laughs) I'm not even sure right now (laughs) Um, because I've worked so far in advance on them. Mm By the time they get to the shop, to me, they're old news already. Right.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm looking on here. I'll give you a tip. I'm looking on the Robert Kaufman site, and under your name, their listing at the top is called Playing With Shadows, and my ABC book, it says new. (laughs) Okay, so
4: those are the two newest ones. Uh, Playing With Shadows uh, was inspired by the old pictures that were silhouettes. Mm-hmm. against the background, um, and they were also published in books like that. Instead of full color like we have now, they would do those silhouette pictures. So I used that idea to create this line of, of playing with shadows. Um, it's some of the- it's really darling
1: because you have, like, blocks printed on the fabric so people can cut them mm-hmm. out and put
4: them in patchwork. Exactly, and there's three patterns showing how I've used them in, like, roll quilts, Mm -hmm. so that's another way you can use the blocks, but lots of fun ways you can do it, and I have three colorways with that and three different patterns, so you've got lots of ideas there.
1: Yeah, that's all. At, like, people can see that at the RobertKaufman.com site. Where then you just click the designers and go to Darlene's page. Um, they that is just really a fun idea. I think that's pretty unique. The other one's my ABC book. So we have a about thirty seconds. What's what's in that
4: one? Oh well, it was inspired by a vintage ABC book, so it has a real vintage look and feel to the. Uh, each of the letters, each of the letters has a a picture with it and a word, and um, some of the things that are pictured we don't see any longer or, or are that familiar any longer. Mm-hmm. Um, just fun pictures, and then also the coordinates have uh, school or children-related uh, motifs also. So, it's a lot of novelties in that group but it's so fun and there's a great pattern to go with it.
1: Oh, I love it. It is so cute, Darlene. Um I'm a big alphabet fan, so you can't uh you can't have enough alphabets for me. <laughs> That's like <laughs> I'm gonna to have to go it. <laughs> I don't hunting. think
4: so either.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's the best. Letters that letters are the best. Um, and you have letters on toss letters on one of the, the fabrics too. So Darlene, mm-hmm. this has yes. been so much fun. Thank you. Quilt and More magazine well, in your local
0: quilt shop or on newsstands.
3: Join American Patchwork and Quilting on Facebook for daily quilting inspiration, tips, giveaways, and more. Find us at Facebook.com backslash Magazine. This quilting tip brought to you by Moda Fabrics. Visit modafabrics.com or your local quilt shop to see the latest fabric collections. An empty toilet paper roll makes it easy to store prepared binding. When you're ready to use, simply slip the roll onto the cone thread holder on your sewing machine to unroll your binding easily.
2: See what other quilters are up to on the American Patchwork and Quilting page on Facebook. Simply go to Facebook.com and search for APQ Magazine.
1: Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show and you know out there in the land of podcasts you know there are other people doing them and I thought it'd be really fun to invite uh, Stephanie Kendrin here who is the voice of the Modern Society website and podcast. So Stephanie thanks for being here. Hey Pat thanks for having me. You know I'm Uh, Let's get a little backstory so people can get to to know you. So when did you first um, start quilting?
0: Well, my daughter, my oldest daughter, was born in 2007. I had kind of sewed a little bit before that, but that's when I got my first machine that was all mine and not my mom's. And (laughs) I, you know, just started experimenting, and I think it just went downhill from there. I was hooked.
1: Oops, I think maybe we,
0: oh. oops, we got a little, um, uh, oh, going sorry, back Pat. and forth. I, oh, sorry. <laughs> I um, my, When my oldest daughter was born, which I think is a common thing for a lot of people who learn how to sew, in 2007, and I got my first machine, and that was the end of it for me. I mean, you know, when you have little girls, it's easy to start sewing with pretty fabric. So did you teach yourself to sew,
1: or did you learn, you know, did you take a class? What did you do?
0: Well, my mom had, and my grandma, which we lived really close to, had always been really creative. My mom made these gorgeous dresses when I was little, Mm -hmm. so I kind of always watched her but yeah I did and that was the time that blogs started being really popular so mm-hmm. you know I if I didn't know something I could always look it up on Google and find somebody who had a tutorial or something so that's kind of how I taught myself and then it was just trial and error on my own. So when you went out there and started looking around
1: um and and saw like all these different people sewing and did you sort of find a couple people that you're like I really like that style um because your your business is actually interviewing and talking to people versus designing, uh, which is you know what a lot of the people do that I have on the show. So I'm just excited to hear like how did you figure out where you were going to focus yourself?
0: Well, I don't know that I'm really good at focusing, Pat, to be honest (laughs) with you. I mean, I have a little bit of ADD. So, I mean, I do clothing and quilts and stuff for my home. And, I mean, I I think I just like the creativity part of it. And this Mm. sewing community is just so helpful and uplifting. I don't see, um, you know, I mean, if I didn't know something, I would – email somebody if I really couldn't figure it out from a tutorial or something they were always so nice to help me and then I just started making you know friendships and Mm I didn't I didn't really go to one thing modern traditional I mean I know that my my podcast is called modern society but I mean I kind of like it all so yeah Mm -hmm. I don't know that I have a focus I like everybody I just like this community so if you're in it I like you
1: no. I agree. I agree. I don't I'm not. I'm, I'm personally also not you. You end up doing your, your own thing because we can't do it all. But um, liking everything. Yeah, we can like it all. Um, oh, so, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so were you a podcast listener before you
0: decided to start your own? I kind of was. My husband started listening to podcasts before I did. And he said, you know, listen to This American Life. I think that's where we all kind of start out with podcasts. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I wonder if there are sewing ones. So, of course, I, I listened to yours. And there were a couple more when I started out. And I just. I mean, I was hooked. It was a way for me to listen to something that I could have for my kids. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't content that my kids couldn't hear. So I could wash dishes and I could listen to a podcast, and it was safe content. Um, mm. <laughs> so I, I think that was it.
1: I have to tell you, the first ones I listened to were cooking. That, oh, I listened I, to a lot of cooking ones. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't even cook. I mean, I just like to listen <laughs> That's to them. funny.
3: <laughs> I don't know. That's
1: awesome. The, yeah, the splendid table. That's uh, Lynn Rosetta Casper. I like hers best. That was my thing. So, one. So, at some point, you thought, hmm, maybe I wanna. Maybe I wanna do this. Uh, how did that go? How did that thought process
0: go? Well, I mean, I'm a I'm a girl from the south, and when you're from the south, you know sitting on a porch and drinking sweet tea in the summer and people stopping by and having chats, that's what you do. And I felt like a podcast, when I listened to it, it was almost like that. I was listening to people's stories and, you know, finding information that I really didn't need to know. But then once I listened to it, I really enjoyed it. So I had this crazy idea to try it out on my own. I had just moved into a house and I had little kids and, I just gave it a go, and Katie from Katie's Quilting Corner was really helpful. She had a podcast, and she was really, really instrumental in helping me get mine started technically with all the technical stuff that you had to do. And then once I started, I mean, there wasn't any stopping me because it was so cool to actually talk to people who – Got what I wanted to talk about. Um, I don't have a lot of sewing friends that, that live near me. So it was fun to be able to say, did you see so-and-so's new fabric line? And then go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But did you see what so-and-so <laughs> did with the fabric line? And I love that conversation because in my daily life, I didn't get a lot of it.
1: So when you first started, what, um, is your format changed? Because you've been doing this a few years now. Are you doing it differently than when you first started?
0: I am I did a lot of myself talking and mixed in with interviews for episodes and as i'm am going, it takes a lot of time to schedule the podcast and to, to to interview people. I usually talk for an hour with someone, so I'm streamlining that process to have my podcast come out more often but have um, I have an audio guy who's helping me. Hey Kevin, and he is we're just streamlining the process. So it's the same podcast. It's just um, the intro and the outro and things like that are going to be a little bit different. And I think it's, it's part of growing. It's part of learning. It's like with anything, I think change is good. So I'm excited about the change. I think so it'll be you, better for my listeners.
1: Yeah. we you, know, you have to feel that out. You have to learn. Um, I used to do people for, have people on for the whole uh, hour, um, and then switch it up to two people, and then now I'm yeah. basically four segments, you know, usually four guests. Uh, so we all experiment, and sometimes I have, you know, I change it up, and that's always fun. Um, what, tell me what the, what you you talk about with a guest, you know, because you're with them for a whole hour, um, and most of the people you seem to be talking to are industry people, uh, so what, what's sort of the, the, the topics?
0: Well, I mean, I, I tried to have people on who, what I, why I started my podcast in the beginning was, you know, I'd pick up fabric or I had a machine or thread. And I thought, but why did they do this? Like who is the person who thought I'm going to mm-hmm. have a thread company? I want to know why they did that, how they do it. What is the process of that? And I, still have that when I have people on my podcast. I want to know their story. I want to know why they're doing what they're doing, how they've overcome challenges, what they're trying to do now that, you know, there's so much social media and things like that, how they stay inspired. I want people's stories, and I'm a talker, so it's really easy for me to talk for an hour and ask a bajillion questions. Um <laughs> I mean, I think it just naturally comes to me to have that conversation about something that I love so much. And I usually follow my guests and do my research, so I know a lot about them, and I really try and get their story out of them.
1: That's the fun part. I mean, the story is the fun part. Um, there are uh, – people have come from all different walks of life, um, just like I had um, uh, Kelly on earlier in this show who was a, a lawyer. You know. yeah. Yeah, all kinds of interesting things come about. Uh, what's? Tell me one of your your shows that was maybe funny or inspirational to you. Just something one of, one of the special things that happen.
0: Um, I, I mean, I, I I think of that that they're all amazing. But mm-hmm. one thing that I really really love when people come on and surprise me and open up more than I think that they are, especially mm-hmm. if um, you know it's, It's somebody in the industry who's pretty big. And at QuiltCon, I released five episodes that week to give people something to listen to. Melody Miller from Cotton and Steel was one of those guests that I had on that week. And I just loved how much she opened up. I wasn't expecting it. We were just going to have a chat about how Cotton and Steel came about. And she really just opened up and really put her heart on the line you know, for that chat. And I thought... That means so much because, you know, I think sometimes we can put people on a pedestal. And Mm -hmm. she said, you know, I no, I'm not on that pedestal. Sometimes life is really hard and sometimes it's really great. And I think, you know, we see everything on social media and that's not always the true reality of it. And Mm -hmm. that conversation really had me thinking for weeks after I had it with her because, that was really brave of her to open up and let all of those people hear her story, which is an amazing story. But um, I always like that. I think it's always fun when you get that unexpected open heart, you know, and, and you can't prepare for that. You don't know what they're going to say when they come on. <laughs> So, I know, you
1: can't fun. say you can't ask them in advance. Please tell me something you've never told anybody else.
0: Or. I know, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, tell me your biggest mm. secret. I'm gonna ask.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I think that you know, it surprises me. People do open up way more than than some people do, and some people don't. But I always enjoy the ones who give me that extra little secret of who they really are and. That, that you know i mean that's nerve wracking sometimes for people
1: yeah, and i think you find also you know, maybe you found i found that everybody's they're real people you know there's a real person behind every yeah. every you know picture and so uh you know getting that peek back there is um nice because everybody's busy and has so much um it's hard to share deep down now you also oh, yeah. i want to yeah, I want to give you a chance, Stephanie, to just uh, tell me about your newsletter because you have a new feature of that.
0: Oh, I love newsletters, Pat. I love newsletters. So yeah. I I don't know why I've become obsessed with them, but <laughs> I feel like a newsletter is almost like undivided attention for someone who subscribes to it. And you can send them something that they don't really have another distraction, like social media you can scroll, but a newsletter, you kind of open it, and it's the only thing there. Mm-hmm. So I've decided to have, it's called The Stitch, and I, I named it S-T-Y-C-H. And it's a weekly newsletter, and I share things that I'm really loving on the Internet, whether it be Instagram or other podcasts, recipes, tutorials, um, just everything that I am into, I share in that newsletter once a week, and I really enjoy it.
1: So, how uh, you know you've changed the format? I I subscribe to it, and so I you know I'm a newsletter junkie too. I get a lot of newsletters. Uh, so you changed it real recently. Um, have you had good feedback?
0: I have, and I. And this is a little tip for your listeners that they don't know that when you subscribe to a newsletter. You can hit reply, and that will go to the person who sent the newsletter to you. So if you get a newsletter and you're like, I really like what Pat said, you can hit reply, and then she will get it. So I've taught my subscribers that, and they're really good at replying to me when they get it and saying, oh, I loved when you shared that Instagram account. I love her or whatever. So I love the new format. It has pictures in it now with links to all the things that are in the pictures. And personally, I – I'm in love. I'm a visual learner, so I don't know why I didn't have it with pictures before. I think it was because the server that I was on, you had to pay more. But now I switched to MailChimp, and we're all good. I'm so excited to have pictures. Stephanie, this has been so much fun. Thank you
1: for joining me. Thank you, Pat. Thank you so much. Everybody... uh, Go out and listen to Stephanie's shows at ModernSociety.com. And I'm Pat Sloan for American Patrick and Quilting's talk show. We will be back next week.
0: Remember to visit allpeoplequilt.com for more information on topics from today's show, as well as how-to videos, free printable patterns, and additional
1: tips and techniques. Thanks for listening.